0: You're listening to the Makers and Mystics Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 10. To the
1: artist. To those chasers of beauty. To the ones who cannot stop themselves. To the curious. To the inquisitive. To the artist. To those seekers of stories, pens poised on the edges of paper to the messy ones, to those who go to birthday parties, fleck of paint still plastered through curly hair, to the hopeful, to the determined, to those few who look through lenses to capture moments, see glimpses of what could be. The seagull scavengers stealing what others leave behind To put the leftovers of humanity back together To the artist To the 3am rider scribbling words down on paper Every night, every night, 10,000 hours every night To the singer with a sore throat bloodied Fingers of the guitarist to Piano keys worn down to ivory bone To those who are worn down to Ivory Bone,
0: to the artist we say. Welcome home. Thank you for listening to the Makers and Mystics Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Roach. Today my guest is writer, speaker, and educator Joel Macaro. Joel Macaro is one of Australia's most successful internationally touring performance poets. He is the artist ambassador for the aid and development organization TIER Australia and was co-founder of the community arts organization the Center for Poetics and Justice. Joel is a TEDx speaker and performer, the frontman poet from the band Joel Maccaro and the Mysterious Few, which is the music we'll be featuring in this episode. Joel speaks at gatherings all over the world on the intersection of spiritual identity formation, social justice, and creativity, and he's been named a true leader in Australia's performance poetry scene. I caught up with Joel on my last trip to Australia, and we sat down together for a conversation on poetry, social justice, and writing as a tool for restoring the narratives we live by. I was struck by the insight and the daily discipline Joel has cultivated in his life, and I found them to be impacting not only for writers, but for those pursuing any of the creative disciplines. In a time when art can be synonymous with introspection, Joel's writings challenge us to focus on the other and to utilize our creativity as a means of reframing the way we understand our lives. This is Welcome Home, restoring the narratives we live by.
1: My name's Joel McHero. Uh, I'm a performance poet from Australia. Um, I've been doing poetry uh, probably for about eight years or so. It's been my kind of full-time focus, really. Um, and, and these days I'm an artist ambassador for, for TIER Australia, which is an mm. aid and development organisation. Um, so I got to kind of, I travel around, uh, performing poetry, writing poetry. I do a lot of stuff, a lot of workshops and stuff in schools is yeah. one of my favorite things to do. Actually, I, in some ways I prefer, not prefer, but I love doing workshops as much as I love performing. Mm. Um, just working with young people and helping them find their own voice yeah. is so incredibly important and, and to see someone come into a workshop and be kind of shy or, or go into a school and, and they roll their eyes when you say, we're going to do some poetry right, <laughs> over right. the next few days. And, and But you see them at the end yeah. and when they get up and perform in front of their classmates and and some of them breaking down in tears, sharing wow. this really full on stuff. It's yeah. it's quite amazing. Wow. So I do, yeah, I do a lot of workshops, a lot of performing. Um, I do kind of a bunch of, a little bit of theater stuff with someone else who's been on this podcast yeah. or will be on this podcast, Anna, yeah. Anna McGarn from Australia. Um, I'm a dad so oh, yeah. I have I have two wonderful little kids two little ginger I'm a ginger <laughs> you can't see me but I'm a ginger so um, I got two little kids who are gingers too that I yeah. love love my little kids and oh, yeah. a beautiful wife and yeah my life yeah. is with all of that it kind of it, and I do a whole bunch of stuff at a college as well too. yeah yeah um, so I teach creativity spirituality at a, at a theology college here in Australia mm. and I kind of I'm in the negative hours somewhere in there in terms of how much time I have in my life. Yeah,
0: well, and you've published several works as well, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. How many books have you? do you have
1: out there so i've got i've got two books and three albums that i've done yeah so uh my books um i've published with one of them with uh urban neighbors of hope publishing arm which was Mm -hmm. a crew kind of a social justice focused movement over here in australia the their um, publishing arm so it's a kind of a modern day fable called beyond rhetoric Mm -hmm. uh and then i published a straight poetry book with another another publishing um here called the poetina tree Mm -hmm. And is that
0: the wandering feet? Yeah, that's yeah, these
1: wandering feet, which is from, so so when I met you over in North Carolina, was on a kind of 18-month pilgrimage around the world. Mm. So my wife and I went for 18 months and traveled through the US and Canada and mm. Europe and UK and um, Israel and Egypt, just wow. all over the place. And, yeah. and a lot of it was, a whole bunch of it was touring. Um, but a bunch was, yeah, this really special time of pilgrimage. Yeah. And, and just refocusing and going back to Scotland, oh, the land yeah. of my ancestors. Yeah, and um, and and places. I'm a, one of the most influential people in my life uh, in terms of writing has been John O'Donohue. So oh. going to his his grave site oh, in Lord Ireland. John O'Donoghue. Um, yeah, yeah. So I ended up, on that trip. I actually um, I gave myself the challenge of writing a poem every day. Mm. Um, which these days is actually my discipline as well in terms wow. of creativity and, and part of my my poetic process is I, I force myself to write every single day. Wow! So um, those poems that um, that came together on that trip, I then um, then brought together as a as a book and then yeah. an album as well. So I worked with a composer. Um, so there's like 150 poems in the, in the book and about 20 of them we took and I worked with a composer down in Tasmania here and, and bought them together as an album. Um, one of the things with my creativity that I love to do is just push myself again Mm -hmm. and again and again, because I find the best stuff comes out when I'm not sitting in my comfort level. And so I kind of began, I began simply writing and then kind of found, um, the performance poetry world, Mm. which I can tell you more about how I started writing in a bit. But for me, it was then like, um, how can I push this further and push this further and push this further? And so, um, began working with musos, um, musicians and, and bringing, um, music behind my words, which Mm -hmm. was really just a fun, fascinating kind of playing thing. And then, and then took on, um, a band and and worked Mm. with a band for quite a while. Um, And we worked hardcore on an album um, bringing a lot of kind of beautiful stuff of percussion and violins and lots and lots and lots of layers. And it was, it's just been a wonderful experience doing that. And then, and then the next thing um, I've been working with uh, Anna McGahn, as I said before, doing Mm -hmm. we're kind of. Been writing some poetry slash theater stuff yeah. together. Yeah, um, we did a show called "People of the Sun" mm. last year and um, toured it through uh, Melbourne's Fringe Festival and up yeah. to Sydney. And, That's awesome. and um, that for me was actually a really freak out but beautiful pushing thing in terms of I, I'm a performance poet, but I I hadn't acted mm. since kind of it was my year seven. It was the the story where my creativity got squashed. Yeah. It was the year seven, a student pointing, a, a teacher pointing out um, as I I don't know some kind of acting or was doing whatever at school, mm. um, pointing out my face going red out of it's it's a red headed gene really, wow. isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, and so face going red and so it was one of those shame moments for me. It was it was a cl- whole class kind of looking and laughing and mm. and I didn't act s- since then. Wow. Um, so my Poetry took off a number of years ago, but, um, acting was just like, I'm not yeah. touching that thing. And so last year then, um, with, with Anna pushed myself to, mm-hmm. um, and that was a scary experience, I'm sure, but yeah. it was, it was beautiful with, um, yeah. So first time I'd acted since since year seven at school. Wow! Wow! Um, in terms of dialogue acting yeah. and doing it with a cast who a lot of our cast were actors and mm. in, are in the acting field, and yeah. Anna is an amazing actor, and so yeah. I was just crapping myself. <laughs> like, what, I, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. How do I do this thing? And it it was wonderful. It was such a freeing, beautiful yeah. experience to yeah. to push myself to that point where I was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. I, I'm
0: gonna need God. I'm gonna yeah. need just yeah. to. Wow
1: Creativity is risk Isn't that what we always say Yeah that's right Wow
0: Isn't it it interesting Uh, We're sitting here talking about poetry And and the power of words And like even uh, uh, What happened to you in school In a negative way Is those The destructive power of words Like shut you down for A number of years And uh, I think that's one of the privileges That being a poet We get to participate in Is the healing power of words You know Absolutely For me the power of words Like you were saying Yeah Um, One of my favorite uh,
1: quotes around this stuff is by Milan Kundera, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: who said that the first step in liquidating a people is to take away their stories, Mm. to take away their memories, to burn the books, um, essentially. And so it's like we've seen that time and time again throughout history over here with um, our indigenous people, to take away their stories is to take away their humanity so you can then treat them however you want. Or the the burning of the books in Berlin or whatever it is. And um, for me, I kind of figure something that I often think about is if the first step in the destruction of a people is to take away their stories, mm-hmm. then for me, perhaps the first step in the restoring of a people is the restoration of their stories. That's so good. The, yeah, the so remembering good. of who they are and the restoring of who yeah. they are and the reflecting on who they are. And so as a poet, I feel like that's what I get to do. I get to yeah. come in, especially with the, the workshops, like I get to share my own stories in performance. Yeah. But to help someone remember who they are yeah, and to, it's like poetry gives you a new set of lenses to look back on your life yeah. and to look back and to look at our, our world and our society and, mm. and to, they call poetry a form of restoring, restoring one's life. So looking at who you are and perhaps telling better stories about mm. who you are or more spacious stories mm. about who you are and looking at our society and, and challenging the yeah. the dominant kind of narratives of our society and, always coming back to reminding us yeah. of who we are through our stories it's such a powerful wow. amazing thing yeah, yeah
0: that is amazing uh, you know one of my my thoughts is like what do you see the role of the poet uh, mm. in modern society and it sounds like you've already answered some of that question but yeah
1: totally I think it's yeah it's it's almost like um one maybe subverting some of the dominant mm-hmm. story that yeah. is around like we in our world today we have such a the stories of, of fear and animosity between groups and yeah. um, and stories of prejudice, be it racial mm. or sexism or whatever, there's yeah. so much that, or even just kind of the the whole idea of the Western dream yeah. and the pursuit of yeah. money and wealth. And, right. um, that's such, a, it's probably the dominant story in mm-hmm. our society, mm-hmm. putting economics at the front and thinking that that will bring us happiness. And yeah. so for me, the, the poet kind of comes in and, and it's subversive in the sense of creates a subversion of that dominant story Mm. and says, what if, what if we didn't have to be like this? What if, what if this world, we didn't have to run like this? And so that's what I feel like I get to do with with so much of my poetry is kind of around social justice issues Mm. and things that are dear to my heart and that I see in this world and I'm frustrated in and kind of want to both point out to people, but also say, not just to kind of tear it down, but also say, "What if we, what if we were different? What if, yeah. um, what could this world be?" Yeah. Um, Walter Brueggemann talks about it as the prophetic imagination yeah. of thinking about um, if there's this dominant story that our world is being sold. What, what is the alternative story? What's mm. the, what's the the different script that the kingdom of God brings to this world? And so, if I can name that in my poetry, yeah. I feel like. People can see that whether they're Christian or not. For yeah. me, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. it's they see this image of what might be and are inspired by yeah. that. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing.
0: You mentioned uh, that you have a daily discipline. Yeah, of writing a poem every day. Yeah, and um, earlier this year i did that for the month of february we talked about that some and that was the first time that i had ever done that in my own life is say hey for for every day of the month of february i'm gonna write a poem yeah and what i discovered is that during that month I I feel like I wrote some of the best stuff I've I've ever come up with. And it it just, you know, it started snowballing. But if you do that as a consistent practice, uh, that's pretty mind-blowing to me. I'd love you to talk a little bit about that discipline. Yeah,
1: sure. So I've been doing it for the last 18 months mm-hmm. uh, every day writing the last 18 months um and sometimes it's like a sentence mm-hmm. on the toilet while yeah. i'm sitting there with <laughs> with my kids banging on the door of the toilet and i like, just want to get this poem out transcendence can be found in the oddest of places <laughs> absolutely it can but for me it's it's a choice to show up and write whether i feel like it or not and whether um whether i feel like the poetry is good or mm. not it's it's not even my it's it's not even the point. The point is that I get to write and it means that I I turn off my perfectionism. I yeah. turn off that negative, critic, cynic yeah. voice that's saying, that kind of, I don't know, when you have that blank bit of paper staring up at you, mocking you because mm. you can't write your next mm. best poem on it. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's a way to say, stuff you paper. I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to get something down. Yeah. And And what I always find... Um, like so many of those poems I'm not going to use and won't be anywhere and no yeah. one will see them and I'm totally fine with that um, but what I find is my best poems come out of this discipline it comes yeah. out of sitting there and even when I don't feel like it and I'm feeling like I'm trudging through wet cement yeah. it's like I come back and, and I finish it and I'm like oh I'm never looking at that again yeah. I come back yeah. two weeks later and it's yeah. like oh actually this, yeah. Yeah. this could really work and then it, often the opposite is when you when I feel like most inspired and I'm like, oh it's flowing, this is amazing. And then I come back to it and I'm like, well that was the worst yeah. I've ever
0: written. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so
1: I think the discipline of just showing up yeah. and not critiquing whether it's good or whether it's bad. Yeah. Um I always say in my workshops I always say that the thing that will stop you writing good poetry mm-hmm. is trying to write good poetry. Yeah. Because yeah. we just have this this perspective of what it should look like. Right. And it's that that kind of hinders our creativity Mm -hmm. and so my first step is always just dumping onto the page just letting whatever wants to flow out flow out and then bringing the editing and the the poetic construction um, later on but to start with it's like I just want to get what's churning around in my heart and my gut and my head and get it out onto the yeah, page, and yeah. then work with it later. Wow. So, um, yeah. So that's what I do with my with my daily writing. Is it's it's taking what's inside me and putting it on the page, whether it's good
0: or not, doesn't yeah. matter. We as human beings are very cyclical. Yeah. Uh, we're very pattern-oriented creatures. You yeah. know, and every everything that we do is like this rhythm. And so I think that the establishing of daily rhythms is so mm. important to the creative process and yeah. just the freedom to get that out. And I think something that stops a lot of people is this perfectionist mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if I can't write the next best thing, I can't yeah. write at all. And yeah. uh, it sounds like your practice would help Break down some of that perfectionism. Yeah,
1: I mean, I feel like it does in my life, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I often tell people that there's a big difference between perfectionism and excellence. Yeah, you know,
1: totally. And I
0: I would think perfectionism is is rooted in fear and pride, maybe, and and whereas excellence is a little more healthy.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. And excellence, I suppose, only comes out when you, for me, when I can step aside from my editing brain. Yeah um because it's like so much of life we live we live edited like yeah. not just with our writing and our creativity but life in general it's our our projected mm-hmm. self that we want other people to see our yeah. facebook statuses and right, our right. instagram photos right. and, our, and so it's kind of so inbuilt in us that we edit everything mm-hmm. before it comes out of us yeah but i think the creative process is to to take down those masks yeah. to to not have to project out and just to let whatever wants to flow out, flow yeah, out. That's yeah. where the that's where the best stuff comes from. Me. Yeah.
0: To the there was a video, and you may have seen it a few years ago, but uh, it was John Cleese. Oh, I don't think I have. And he did a video on the creative process, uh, and it was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. I, yeah. I, I just encourage anybody to, to look that up. But he yeah. he talked about the difference between open mode and closed mode. Uh, okay. Is the way that he framed it, and yeah, he yeah. and he talked about his creative process. Like he has to get into an open mode where um, uh, you gather as much material as as you can find. You don't reject anything. You bring you just let it flow, like yeah. you're saying. You just dump it all out on the page. Yeah. And then he said it's only later that you come back in closed mode and then you evaluate and assess what's there but he's like if you confuse those two states of mind uh, you'll train wreck in in what you're doing absolutely that's great that's great how have you cultivated the ability to become unguarded in Mm. in your own creative process because uh, I mean you're a prolific writer if you're writing Mm. every day you've published several books you're doing Incredible stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, What helped you become unguarded? I mean, I go back to that statement of your teacher, and and I know that was about acting, but your teacher in seventh grade where she kind of shut you down. Yeah. I I think so many of us artists face those critics internally and externally. Yeah, that's right. Um, And so what is something that's helped you become unguarded?
1: Uh, Probably a few different things for me. One is, um, one, just in a straight writing process-wise, um, with the poem, these poems that I write every day, simply being able to do it as as flow of conscious writing. Mm-hmm. So, flow of conscious writing is pen to paper and you don't allow your pen to stop. Mm-hmm. So, you're forcing yourself not to edit, not to be guarded in what you're writing, not to critique it, not all that kind of stuff, and just let it flow out. So, yeah. when I'm, um, people who've, who've read Artist Way. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: Julia Cameron. Julia right. Cameron
1: talks about that as doing your morning pages. Yeah. Um, so, when I'm in a good rhythm in my life, I try to do like two pages of, yeah. of, of of flow of conscious these days I have two kids and I'm not going to read it, so two pages of flow of conscious writing. Would your, pro- your bathroom sanctuary. We, <laughs> yeah, about, that's right? Right. we all have one. <laughs> right? I'll be out soon, honey. I'll be out soon. <laughs> right. yeah. um, uh, so, but flow of conscious writing is a really helpful way. Just in yeah. a, a really practical thing to yeah. get out of your brain and just let whatever wants to flow yeah, um, good. come out. That's been really helpful for me. Um, the other one is to realize that um what I have to say is more important than the fear that stops me saying it. Ah, so good. In, in terms of, so uh, I think about, there was that moment for me in year seven where I was shut down and there was another moment, um, it must've been year, maybe year 11 or 12 at high school, something like that. And I, I, I was, after that moment, I was like the person who would chuck a sickie. I don't know if that translates to American audience. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, <laughs> pretend to be sick. Oh, rather yeah. than rather than going into school, what and you it? It? Chuck-a-sicky. Chuck-a-sicky? Chuck a sickie. Chuck a sickie. Chuck. Chuck a sickie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd okay. chuck a sickie on a on a day that we'd have a public speech to do yeah. at school for gotcha. assessment. Yeah. Gotcha. That translates. Yeah.
0: Down. Yeah. I'm looking <laughs> out. You'd skip
1: school. <laughs> yeah, I'd skip school. <laughs> pretend that I was sick so that I wouldn't have to speak out in front yeah. of people. And But I remember I also grew up in kind of churchy world. And so mm. there was a mate, uh, one of the youth group leaders or something uh, invited me to share my story. Mm. I, it must've been year 11 or 12, something like that. And they, and I freaked out. I was like, I don't want to do this in front of like everyone. Mm. Um, but I, I did it. I kind of got the courage up and just mm. did it. And, um, and I remember the response afterwards, especially from this one kid was like, you know, I never thought like, I never knew there was someone else with such similar story mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, and his words were, I just don't feel so alone. Wow. wow. And I thought, and it was kind of this moment, that's really where things began to change for mm-hmm. me. And I was like, no, I have to share Like if I have this stuff to share with the world about yeah. who I am and who God is and what life is, I have to mm-hmm choose to believe that that what I have yeah. to say is more important than that fear yeah. that stops me. And so to hear his story, how his story connected me with my story, yeah, was huge. And that that for me has become a massive thing that where um, when I share my poetry and when I'm open and vulnerable and mm-hmm. authentic with it, um, it's like poetry, they, they kind of call it a form of half communication. Like mm. you bring your story halfway to mm-hmm. someone, but then they're always bringing, coming the other half with their story and yeah. who they are, and it's in that intermingling. That's, good. Um, that's where the beauty of poetry happens. And yeah. so one of the ways that I do this is I actually write um, I write a lot of poems for people. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to hear someone's story and be like, oh, I really want to write them a poem. Yeah. And it allows me to, to kind of get over myself and get mm. over this the fear and the, the guardedness and just to, to put my focus totally off myself yeah. onto someone else and say, this is just a gift for them. Mm. So if I, I just get out of my way as much yeah. as I can yeah. for the sake of these, these people that I, I believe and hope Kind of need to hear my poems. It yeah. sounds a bit self grandizing, but mm, it's. Yeah. But I know that when I can share words to them about their life, and yeah. I've and I've seen it. So I um, I do. have done a bunch of work this year with the Babes Project, a crew here in um here in Melbourne who work with women and teenagers going through crisis pregnancy yeah of whatever yeah. description. And within that program, they started a thing called rewriting motherhood, which is a bunch of the girls as they kind of finish their time in this program, they would. Um, kind of share their story in an interview format um, with uh, me and a photographer was there and and the lady who runs it. They would share their story and my job was simply to sit there and to listen, Mm. to totally, again, take the focus on myself, just listen to their Mm -hmm. story and within that time, within that hour or two, to write a poem for them. Wow. And it was a gift. It give it as a gift back to them, yeah. Um, through audio, through um, printing, whatever. And every time, like the the response. Whenever you give someone a gift like that, mm-hmm. it's it's tears, and it's yeah. I've never, I've I've never seen my story written like expressed like that mm-hmm. before. It's like holding up a yeah. mirror to them and wow. saying, "Look at how wonderful and how yeah. amazing you are." In this case, as a yeah. mom, as someone who's gone through some hard times, yeah. yeah. Um, And so when I take my focus off myself and I put it onto someone, totally onto someone else, just getting rid of myself Mm. and going, this is about them. Yeah. It means that I, it just, it's another way that stops me being guarded and and keeping my stuff to myself.
0: You know as as artists we can tend to be at least me we we can we can tend to be very introverted and introspective yeah um and but sometimes that introspection uh can become a a bit toxic
1: yeah you know what i mean and I, and i think
0: what a what a beautiful practice even as a spiritual practice yeah uh is to begin to focus on the other yeah and and to use your artistry uh as a vehicle of um just to see how the uh, the power of observation and getting your your focus off of yourself and then calling the good and the true and the yeah, beautiful yeah. out of out of the other is, yeah. is, is such a wonderful wonderful thing that's awesome yeah
1: Thank it's you. a beautiful thing that i get to do and you, a challenge for other people as well
0: yeah like a challenge for to you receive guys. it you mean well
1: or, no i'm thinking for the, the listeners of this podcast oh yeah like, yeah if you're a creative person who writes poetry who writes songs yeah i can assure you if you write a poem a week For someone else yeah. And give it to them You're gonna change their lives Like wow. that's because no who gets poems these days yeah. given to them that's good. like in a well articulated few minute poem about who they are yeah, yeah. only good things can come yeah. from it it's wow. wonderful what happens yeah. so that's my challenge Yeah, to, there we go. Makers we'll, and
0: Mystics that's right we'll have our first Makers and Mystics homework assignment <laughs> yeah. everybody listening you've got to write a poem a week for a month <laughs> yeah. about someone else and, give it, to and give it to yeah, them or yeah. a song or a something Hey, a so painting a, actually do that and send me an email and I'll pass it along to Joel and uh We'll have some fun with this Let's and see clean. what happens. Man, this has been incredible. Oh, I've, I've enjoyed yeah. this conversation and I enjoy fine. my time with you here in Australia. So uh, yeah. thanks so much for talking to us. Oh, about my this. pleasure. And yeah. if people
1: want to hear some more or whatever, they can check out my website, which yeah. is joelmccaro.com. That's probably the easiest way to check yeah. out my stuff. A bunch of video clips. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. I, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't endorse you more. I mean, oh, I, thanks, I, I love what you're doing. I love your writing. I love yeah. your your heart and uh your approach and honestly it helps me uh mm. a lot you know I've, I've gained a lot just from from our time together so Very uh good. thanks so much for my talking pleasure with to together. be on your podcast yeah awesome thanks again for listening everyone if you'd like to go deeper into this conversation with joel mccaro you can find additional content at patreon.com forward slash makers and mystics also joel will be joining us at the breath in the clay creative arts event March 23rd through 25th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Tickets are available at thebreathintheclay.com. This episode is made possible by the generosity of our patrons and Matt Tommy Mentoring, helping artists thrive, create, and connect. We'll see you next time.